Hi everyone. In today's episode we have a new mic setup, so if you notice any issues please let us know. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. So in this episode we're going to be talking about Falcon Winter Soldier episode 4. So Sasquatch, what are your thoughts on it? I think I like this one better than the last one. Because the last one was just plot where stuff actually happens and this one it's a bit more eventful. I think this episode was better than the last one. However, I did get the feeling that a lot of it was like, oh, we're walking through this small square in Riga, then we're walking through this small square in Riga, then we're running through these corridors in Riga, and there was a lot of like, there's a lot of things happening in one area. And I know in the last episode we complained about it jumping around the globe so much, but I don't know, there's something not quite right with this one again. I think you just don't like how they change from scene to scene. It's kind of like the Da Vinci Code. They run, it's just different areas. And you've just got to try and keep up with the story, but it's literally just going from this area to that area to this area to that area, and you've got to try and keep up to where they are. Yeah, although I think it's unfair to compare this to The Da Vinci Code, which is a terrible film, but a great book. I like the film. No, you don't. I've never read the book. That was probably why I like the film. Well, yeah. So it opens going back to Wakanda six years ago, where Bucky was in Wakanda getting therapy. And you see Io giving him the codes, the code words to try and turn him into the Winter Soldier again. And you quite, you had quite an interesting take on this. Well, we thought different things because I thought it wasn't that she was trying to turn him into the Winter Soldier. She was trying to prove that he no longer reacts to the words. Oh yeah, yeah. That's... He didn't agree that he was completely cured yet. So he was terrified. But every word she said, it gave you a flashback into him being the Winter Soldier. And I thought it was, rather than him seeing what he'd done, it's more that he, the Winter Soldier was trying to get out, but with every code word he was imagining to squash him down. So he's still kind of there, but you can crush him now. So it's Bucky's in control rather than Winter Soldier's in control. I took it as, when he starts crying, it's because he's, every code word, he remembers being the Winter Soldier and all the bad things he did as the Winter Soldier. Whereas I thought the, the tears were his more like the terror and relief that he didn't turn into the Winter Soldier. Hmm. I think the Winter Soldier's gone now from him. Well, it could be gone now, but at that point, he was still trying to smush him because it was still part of the training process. Well, I, I took it as that's the end of the training. That's it. You're done. You're well, good maybe to go. that was the final squish. The, f- <laughs> the final squish. Once he squished him down for that last one, that's indeed. So, comes back into present time. And Bucky is essentially talking to Io, and he says, we need Zemo out of the prison, and manages to buy some time by basically saying, we need him, but the Wakandans want him. And as the episode goes on, John Walker wants him, so Zemo's a really wanted man by all three groups, Sam and Bucky being the third. Then Bucky goes back into the room where Zemo and Sam are both staying, and there's a great wee talk they have about the super soldier serum. Is this the bit over the Chinese tea? No, cherry blossom tea. Or is that after? I think it was this one. But I love the the fact that Zemo or Zemo, I forget his name, is is just meant to be this big ga- bad guy that everybody loves him. Well, not loves him, but everybody wants him, and he's just there making some tea and <laughs> serving it on a wee tea tree. You liked it way more than me in that sense, anyway. I thought it was adorable. Plus, the tea sounded really yummy. I've never had that type of tea. But the interesting discussion, anyway, they're talking about whether Carly has actually got good in her anymore. Zemo essentially takes the side of, like, you guys don't have the right attitude approaching this mission, whereas he does. He states that the desire to become a superhuman cannot be separated from supremacist ideals, and that anyone that wants the serum is inherently on that path. 
Bucky challenges him and says that what if you're wrong and says Steve wasn't corrupted by the serum and Zemo replies with ah touche but there hasn't been another Steve Rogers which I think is a testament to how they've written Steve Rogers throughout this whole thing. It was pointed out to, the, to me that at one point in this episode and in previous episodes John Walker introduces himself as hi I'm Captain America and Steve never did that. Steve always introduced himself as hi I'm Steve so he wasn't he wasn't the hero, he was just the guy wearing the suit. He was the guy wearing the suit, he wasn't He wasn't the symbol. Ah, uh, okay, whereas John wants to be the symbol, he wants to be the big hero. Well, he wants. Well, I think at the very least he wants to live up to that, but I think it clearly shows that if he is one to live up to it, and he is at all, if he did have entirely good intentions, he's not, he doesn't know Steve well enough to know that. I think he wants the recognition though. He wants people to be all excited to see him in his suit and know that he's the good guy. Yeah, it's hard to know whether he is a good guy or not. I mean, by the end of this, he definitely does do wrong. But I get the feeling that it is just coming from a place where he's he's mentally incapable of actually being a super soldier and being Captain America. Well, if you think about the last one, remember when they storm into the building? And he's like, do you know who I am? I'm Captain America. As if they were meant to go, oh, sorry, right, yeah, we'll tell you everything. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the scene, Zemo is hunting around the cupboards looking for some sweets and finds some Turkish delight, which plays into the next scene. Those three head towards the complex that Carly's mentor stroke mother died, the person that kept all the refugees fed and healthy. I like the word one of the guys used there is that they weren't refugees. I can't remember what it was. They're uncountried citizens or something. Uh, citizens without a country, I guess. Yeah. They, yeah. they had a different word for it because it's not like they were they were trying to escape something. It's just that they had nowhere to go. They weren't from anywhere. Yeah. Sam and Bucky try and look for clues as to maybe if they could find Carly there. And Zemo actually comes up with the best plan or realizes the best option. And he uses the sweets that he'd gathered from the cupboard to basically bribe the kids into telling them where Carly is. Because uh, Sam and Bucky both go after all the adults who don't want to talk, whereas kids just want sweets. Yeah, and it also goes to show that if you are a kid, don't take don't take treats from strangers, people. Yeah, especially not Turkish Delight, because they're not nice. I know, I wouldn't tell anyone anything for Turkish Delight. But it's like the proper Turkish Delight, not like, you know, the ones in chocolate boxes that are the jelly covered in chocolate. It's like the powdered stuff. Oh, I've only had the jelly covered in chocolate. I've never had the powdered stuff. I'm curious to try it, but I have a feeling I wouldn't like it either. Because it's rose-flavoured jelly covered in icing sugar or something. Doesn't sound very appetising, to be honest. Intriguing, more than appetizing. So anyway, they find out where the funeral is happening, or the ceremony, they'll say goodbye. And John Walker and Battlestar then come in and basically tail the team to that place. And Sam says, I want to talk to her alone. John is really not happy with it, but Bucky basically is the the muscle for Sam (laughs) and essentially stops them moving at the door and Sam gets to go off and talk to her alone. He's the bouncer. He basically was the bouncer. It's sort of like that's the first part of the episode, I think, where you see that John, because he doesn't have the super soldier serum, actually is ineffective as Captain America. But you also see him going a bit sort of, I don't know, it's a bit sort of crazy. He's like running around, like throwing a tantrum. Yeah, yeah. He starts like like after five minutes, even though you said you give him fifteen minutes, he starts being like, no, 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 not right. This isn't right. We need to change the plan. He doesn't like not being in control. Of yeah. the situation. He managed to convince Bucky to move. Oh, but he does it by saying that Sam's in danger. So Bucky's moving for the right reasons, but he should have more faith in Sam. Sam was having an effective conversation with Carly, though. 
it seemed to be like he was almost turning or at least getting on her side to understand, you know, basically saying, I understand your fight. I just don't like your methods. And it seems to be at the point where he might actually be able to go somewhere. But because Bucky and Captain America run in, she basically says, oh, were you just buying time for that to come? And then there's a big chasing. Zemo through all this, he had been handcuffed to a railing and left there. And there's a shot of the handcuffs emptied as he's uh, managed to pick the lock, I guess. He's like a wee ninja. He just does his own thing in the background. Yeah, and he's the one that actually intercepts Carly because she manages to uh, run away from Bucky and Sam. By intercept, you mean shoot? Well, in- intercept. He got into the same room as her and then started shooting her. She then drops all the vials of the super soldier serum and he, after shooting her, she manages to run away but all the serum's left behind and he starts crushing it, standing on it and breaking it. It seems to be that he's got it all and then John Walker finds him and throws the shield in his face and oh my god it sounded so painful yeah he was out like a light yeah he knocks he knocks Zemo out and john finds one vial left over just sitting in the corner picks it up and i remember you talking to me and saying oh i think you're right turn up and i think that was always gonna happen it was just like how i thought he was gonna take it the right there and then but no he just pockets it and just can you remember how they take it as an injection because it had like a wee pointed thing and I wasn't sure if it was like a nasal spray, but then I don't know, that's a bit weird. And also it's blue. I don't know what colour I was expecting it to be, but I was expecting something more dramatic than blue. What's a dramatic colour other than blue? I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was thinking more like Harry Potter, you know, when they all take the polyjuice and depending who the person is, it's a different colour. I was wanting something more magic and it's just blue. I can't remember if it was blue way back in the day when Captain America won, but... Maybe he had a different colour and that's why he was better. He maybe had, like, the, the purple one. Maybe. I think it's probably more likely that he was just a better person. Well, yeah. I think I fixate too much on colours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> The serum's the wrong colours. I need to know what colour Vision's coming back as. They all go back to the place they're staying at. And essentially, John Walker wants to arrest Zemo. And the Dora Milaje appear at this point. There's a standoff, essentially, for, like, all parties wanting Zemo. Oh, I love this bit, because um, Captain John, he thought, well, I'm honestly in control here. And everyone else is like, don't get them angry, don't get them angry. <laughs> yeah, Adora Milaji, they're very, they're very honourable fighters, you see. And all it takes is for him to like touch one of them in the shoulder, and then they fly off the handle. And they beat the crap out of them. Yeah. So I, like, I really like the bit where Sam was like talking to Bucky, saying, can you please help them? Can you please help? Well, can you please help so that no one dies here, essentially? And Bucky's like, eh, maybe. No, does he not know? Doing good, John. Keep fighting. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, well, he basically, he's very non-committal to the idea of actually helping at first. Yeah, he's not fussed with what's happening. Yeah, but when he does join in, there's that cool moment where Io, I think, actually presses something on his arm and his arm just falls off. Yeah, but I don't, was it not a comment after? It's like, did you know that he could do that? And he was like, no. So they just know, like, the secret to his arm. They disarmed him again. Redisarm. Redisarm. Just a quick note here. Sebastian Stan, in an interview, I think, during the week there, admitted that people come up to him quite regularly and say the, the words from that code book quite a bit. Has he ever pretended and just started going, rah? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, to be honest. I think he takes it in good heart at first, but like I think he says like it's worn out quite a lot over the years. But after I saw this scene with the arm, I'm wondering if people are going to start coming up and poking his arm and see if his arm will fall oh, off. Oh no, no, that's that's crossing a border. <laughs> Say, saying words to someone's okay, but once you start kind of touching them, no, no, no. Everyone gets that though. You always hear stories and in interviews about 
people getting their most famous quotes shouted at them. Like Tom Hanks get Wilson shouted at him quite a lot. Wilson! It must get really old though because everyone will do it, but it shows that you're a good actor. Or that your films are beloved anyway. Yeah. During all of this commotion anyway, John loses and Zemo escapes. But John has a great line. Which was, they're not even super soldiers. So I think that just kind of proves it's in the back of his head all the time now. He's going a bit bonkers thinking he's not he's not powerful enough. Well, well, he isn't. He literally isn't. I mean, I'm not saying Steve necessarily in that situation would need to have done anything different. Or even, he probably wouldn't have gotten a fight with them, to be honest. Yeah, but you think about, like, Steve. He was up against gods and aliens and whatnot. And he never thought, I'm not strong enough. He just thought, i got to get on with it. I know he was a super soldier, but... Yeah, he was a super soldier, so he had a higher baseline anyway. Yeah, but he was fighting, like, aliens and stuff, whereas John was just fighting people. Yeah, and getting battered. Yeah, so he could have just decided, like, it's not that I'm not strong enough, I just need to get on with it, I just need to get better. Actually, in that fight, there's a really good moment where one of the spears from the Dormelagi is in the table, but is also jamming the shield to it, and he can't pull it out. So, like, not only are they showing that he's losing to Dormelagi in the fight, but he's also showed that he's actually just either technically not strong enough or technically not smart enough to pull the sh- the spear out, which Io does, or one of the... No, it wasn't Io, it was someone else, because I remember she was holding the shield as if she was going to take it, ah, and yeah, then yeah. Io comes in and goes, leave the shield. After that scene, there is a scene with John Walker and I think his name's Lamar. I think that's Battlestar is a real name. But it's, they're out in a crowded, well, they're out in a public space and they're talking about the Super Soldier Serum. And the discussion is like, would you take it if you had the chance? And Battlestar's response is, he's like, heck yeah, I would. And he's like, it just makes you more you. So if you have really good, strong technical skills in war like John does, then it will just make you even better. So he says, like, you, you make the correct decisions all the time. And he, he says, like, you've got three medals of honor to show it. And that's when John says, three medals to remind me of the worst day of my life. Yeah, which makes it sound like it's a bit more of a grey area of how he got the medals. But I also like this bit because earlier Zemo asked Sam if he would take it. And without missing a beat, he says, no, I wouldn't take it. So it shows the side of like Steve and his friends compared to John and his friends. Obviously, Bucky didn't really have a choice. He's already got it. But <laughs> Sam, he, he gets a choice. He doesn't skip a beat. He wouldn't take it. And Lamar, Battlestar did. He's immediately doesn't skip a beat and definitely would take it. Yeah, I guess they haven't seen the problems that can be caused with having it. And to be honest, in the sh- like in the whole of MCU, you don't really see too many problems with it. I mean, the Hulk is a the Hulk is kind of a perfect example of it because I think that was meant to be a similar serum. That might just be in the comics rather than the the films. But the idea is that like if you take it wrongly or you get the wrong injection, then it's gonna go bad. But you don't get this the feeling that they even know what could be wrong with it. Well, there's different ways you can take it. I mean, like. Captain John and his wee friend, they've not been amongst all like, the heroes and all this going on, so they don't know as much, so maybe they've just not got the information. But it's also maybe along the lines, you know, like the vaccines at the moment. There's yes. like, there's two sides to every story. Some people are saying they're bad, some people are saying they're good, and it's just, they pick and then just stick with what side they're on rather than taking in more information. Yeah, not true, not everybody, true. just small people, like small groups of people, but they're very fixated on what they believe. But yeah, I just wanted to make a comment that it kind of does seem that the three medals, three medals of honor, don't mean anything to John. He doesn't look at them with pride anyway. So either in Afghanistan, either he's had to save friends who have died or really severely injured from the fight, 
or he's had to maybe do something a bit off the grid and maybe kill people who were innocent. It's kind of up in the air exactly what that entails, but it does seem to be that he's suffering from PTSD. At least, that's what I think. After all this, anyway, Carly did escape, and she shows, I guess, how strong the Flag Smashers are with all their connections, and phones Sam's sister, essentially with veiled threats, saying, like, I know that you live... I basically know where you live. I know your kids. I know your family situation. If Sam doesn't come and talk to me, I'm going to come and talk to you. Or words to that effect. Essentially, uh, we can hurt you. And when Sam finds out, that's when he goes to meet with Carly, but he's pissed off now. Which, quite rightly, I think. He's very much a family person. He will protect his wee family. Which I think Carly knew, because it's more of like, they're, they're wanting to talk. She said she would never actually hurt them. But it's more of a distraction. Because by this point, the Flagsmasters have decided who will be the greatest impact if they, they basically cut off the head. Yeah, they think that if they kill Captain America, then that's a bigger symbol of destruction than whatever they've been doing already. Yeah, because she said Sam, even if she wanted to, Sam isn't big enough. If he died, it wouldn't make a great enough impact. He's told to come alone, but he brings Bucky. Although I don't know if he really even brings Bucky. I think Bucky says, I'm coming. Well, I was wondering if this is from Captain John's comment before. You know, at the door, it's like, you're leaving him alone with the super soldier. You're not giving him backup. So now Bucky's kind of stuck to Sam, saying, like, I am your backup. Regardless if you want me, I'm here. The conversation goes south pretty quickly, because essentially they, they can't reconcile. But also, John Walker appears again on the scene, and he's blazing a trail through a different side of the building from them. And him and Battlestar get into a fight with some of the, the Flag Smashers who are super soldiers. Well, at this point you don't know they're in a fight. It's just Battlestar goes up the stairs and then just goes vanished. Oh, yeah, sorry. He yeah, he did disappear very quickly with no sound. Yeah, it was just, it was just like ninja. <laughs> yeah, these Flag Smashers are very quiet folk at times. But I'm wondering if that's kind of playing more on the Captain John's not up to the task. Like, he didn't hear it. He couldn't have stopped it. Yeah, that's the point. And, you know, at this point, you still don't, you don't actually know if he's taking the serum at this point. But when he goes upstairs to have a fight with him, there's a scene where he looks like he's getting beaten up by the super soldier, who's got like a big lead pipe, and he throws the lead pipe at John. Or sorry, he swings the lead pipe at John. John doesn't take the hit and then bends the pipe. Well, first he throws him down the stairs and you're like, maybe it's just the way he threw them, but it was quite a forceful throw. And then mm. afterwards he bends the pipe and we're like, no, he definitely took it. He's yeah. taken it. You can see how, you can see like the shock in that guy's face when he bends the pipe at him. Yeah, he's just like, oh no. <laughs> but that's the line from Sam that I like because they've rushed to the scene by this point, is it not? They see the bent pipe or Sam sees him bend the pipe and Sam just looks at him and goes, what have you done? Or what did you do? Yeah, he, kn- he knows something bad's happened. Fight ensues, and Battlestar is in the fight, but he gets hit by one of the super soldiers from a kick to the chest, I think, and flies into, like, a pillar for the building and well, just slumps down. I thought it was quite sweet, because he's, he's been tied up in the bathroom or something, so he manages to free himself, and he runs, and his first thing to do is to try and protect John, because he's up against a wall at this point with super soldiers all around him, and he runs to his assistance, and then Carly kicks him. Yeah, I think it's very obvious that Battlestar doesn't know that yeah. he's taken the serum. He's done it secretly behind his back. He's just run to protect his friend. Yeah, but when Carly kicks him, he kicks him against the, the pillar. He slumps down. I thought he was maybe just paralysed, but he could very well just be dead. Well, John does take his pulse and he goes a bit bonkers afterwards, so we're assuming he's dead. Hmm. But he goes, he that, he just goes completely off the rails here. But even all the Flag Smasher people, they know... 
this is not good because they all run for it. They run for it. He chases after one of them. This one is important to bring up right now. Earlier in the episode, I'd been talking to Carly and revealed that he was Captain America's biggest fan or Captain America was his favourite hero when he was growing up. And it's quite poetic for what's about to happen. John follows him, like does a superhero landing onto a van outside, chasing him through the streets. And he manages to hit him with the shield onto, uh, was it a fountain? Yeah, it's like steps up to a fountain he's lying on. The town's square with lots of people. And you're seeing Captain America, who's now essentially in bloodlust mode, standing over this poor guy who's pleading. And everyone around is watching with phone cameras and such. And Captain America takes the shield and smashes the guy's chest in. I was pretty sure because at the shot when he was holding the shield up, I thought he was going to go for a decapitation there. But then it was the more the way you were seeing it. It did look like you thought turn up. It was definitely the chest he was going for. Yeah, there's a shot. I think there's a shot after he hits him once where you see the guy's upper body from like shoulders up and his neck looks fine. So that's why I took it as like, it's probably his chest. Yeah, so he's going for the most pain rather than the death. So he smashes his chest in. It's pretty grim. And it, I don't know if this is the first time the show's really shown blood, but it's the first time I think it might be the first time the MCU showed a lot of blood in one location, which is on the shield. Yeah, which you were thinking was more of like a symbol. It's a symbol of, well, I, I took it immediately of like, there's two ways you can look at it, like the symbol of like, the blood is on America's hands here. Well, I took it more as that the Captain America, the sort of hero, is tainted. Mm, yeah, the, that's the shield, shield is marked now. So, yeah, he's killed a guy. Everyone watched him do it. And it's it would be pretty hard to talk the world out of it and say, oh no, it wasn't Captain America, it was someone else. That was a, some that could that could have been anybody's vibranium shield. Yeah, but it does show um, Carly in the audience, like all watching us. Not really the audience, but you know, <laughs> the people gathering around, and she's sitting there, um, kind of horrified at what she's seeing. Because one, it was her friend. That guy had been saying before about how. They needed someone like her to lead the way because Captain America wasn't really doing it anymore. And um, Bucky and Sam are just, just standing there. They don't even know what to do. And that's where the episode ends. It's kind of hard to see how John Walker can continue as Captain America. He might continue as Captain America for the rest of the show, but I'm pretty sure going forward, the US government are going to need to essentially strip it away from him. It's going to be like Captain America gone rogue, isn't it? I think for the rest of this show, it's going to be Captain America's gone rogue. And then maybe they'll, I don't know, put him in a padded sail or something? I think. Walk him away, cover it up. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think they'll take him, I think they'll take the suit off him. And we know he loses the shield at least at some point, so I don't think he gets the shield back. In the comics, I know that he is called US Agent. He may very well have been Captain America at one point, but he is US Agent and he wears a very similar suit, but it's black. So it's... I think he might be used by the government in Black Ops. Or in maybe a, a super soldier squad for the government. To do like the dirty jobs. Yeah, to do things that the government don't want to be known. Especially for symbols like Captain America. The Captain America can't do those sorts of things. Ah, so he's more like working in the background then. Yeah, or just dirty like, you know, nighttime wet work. You know, killing people or whatever. It's kind of sad though, because he started off, he seemed like he was a good guy. It's just all this, this happened to him and it's like tainted him. I think the vetting process to get Steve Rogers in as Captain America was essentially take a guy who's been downtrodden his whole life, but who is a very good man at heart. And the, the vetting process for this Captain America was take a soldier who's proven himself in the field. But the problem with that is that this guy's proven himself in the field and has got mental issues. 
which probably are going to get amplified now that he's taken the serum. Yeah. We shall see. I'll be his downfall. It's a wee shame. Yeah. I thought he was a really good character. I think if he wasn't Captain America and he was just some other dude in the show, he would be a great character as well. I like the actor, though. The actor plays him well because we hate him so much. <laughs> I hated him right at the very beginning and in the second episode. I think between the third and the fourth episode, I started looking him almost comically. And I think it was because just how, how weak he was compared to everyone else. Like, in the third episode, he's shouting, like, do you know who I am? And the guy just spits in his face, you know, doesn't care. Um, you kind of pity him, even though you know he's going to be the bad guy. Yeah. We still haven't had the power broker yet. And potentially big spoiler alert for the next episode. But I think it has been confirmed that a bigger cameo is happening in the next episode. But no details of who that could be. Hmm. Interesting. So I think the obvious one, I suppose the ob- the obvious one could be it could be Steve Rogers, who I kind of don't want it to be him because I think it would be nice to see him one more time, but I think he needs to be safe for the big screen and a bit further down the line because it might cheapen the end of Endgame if he appears in the second product that comes out after Endgame, or sorry, the third one after. Can you imagine if it's White Vision, <laughs> <laughs> the cameo as he's just flying by when all this is going on. Uh, <laughs> I think that would be too. Too weird. Too weird for it. It could be it could be a previous villain in the series. What about Eyepatch? Who's Eyepatch? The shield dude that recruits all the Avengers. Oh, well I was about to say Samuel L. Jackson, but we mean Nick Fury. Well, same people. Yeah, yeah. Eyepatch. It could be him. I don't know. I come to tell Sam and get it together, you're gonna be the Captain America, just do it. Possibly. There is something which I've had conversations with someone that talks about, in some of the comics, there's a group called, I think they're called the Thunderbolts, right? Do you know, do you remember who Thunderbolt Ross is? Nope. No. Okay. I'm going to get a picture for you. We had to cut there to show, uh, to show Sasquatch Thunderbolt Ross. Still don't remember him. So he, in the comics, creates his own super group of super soldiers for his own bidding within, like, to do work around the world. So I think that feeds into what potentially John Walker could be. And I'm wondering, I think this might be too much for one character to be, but I'm wondering if he might be the power broker. Ah, oh, because he wants the serum. Yes. Well, he could all, it, well, it sort of suggests that the power broker already had serum and gave some to Carly. So No, he never gave it to her. Did he not? Carly stole it from the scientist making it for the power broker. So you know, uh, the that was it, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. So he, he'd made a batch that was meant to be delivered to the power broker. And Carly went in and stole the batch, so the power broker was after Carly to get the batch back. Yes, you're right. So what I'm wondering is, could he be the power broker in the background, only because that's kind of how it works out in the comics, that he ends up being in control of a supergroup for people of Super Serum. He could be it. I don't know if that is it. It's just that the, the person who's the power broker, just the way the third episode sort of lined up, I thought it was going to be more of your traditional bad guy. You know, like, uh, not necessarily someone from the US government, it would be like some other powerful criminal. Just of where they were trying to find out the information about him, I think I kind of assumed he was some sort of like mafia boss man. He's making some sort of evil power group. Yeah, that that's kinda of how I thought it would be. But I just I think it marries up nicely if it was him. I just don't know if he could be the power broker. I don't know. It's uh it's still to be seen, but I think I think whoever the cameo is is gonna be the power broker. Because it's mentioned in multiple episodes, he's, multi- he's mentioned that he's after Carly now. Or he's yeah, because there was a flashes. text message that Ponytail read. 
I think next episode we're going to get a reveal of the power broker. That might be the true bad guy of the show. Don't know. I'm still really intrigued. I quite like I quite like all the political angles that are going on with the new Captain America. I just hope Izumo comes back because I like all the little subtle details that he does in the background. Like when they're having serious conversations, he's raiding cupboards for sweets and when he's just like slinking out the back when big fights are going on, I just like the little subtle details. I think I knew he was going to be good in this, but I think, like you know, I think he's the sleeper of this whole show. I think he's truly the star, like the actual best character in this thing. Yeah, definitely. Because between like Bucky and Sam, he added that little extra, the extra spice to it that just made it so much better when the three of them were running around. I hope he turns up back into the show, and I hope he doesn't die by the end of the show, so they can bring him back again. Yeah. Well, if he's not going to die or get captured, he's he's going to have to escape and just reappear at random moments, though. Kind of go into hiding. Possibly, yeah. Unless he turns into a big bad, which I'm really hoping he doesn't. I kind of like him just, he's bad, but he's not really at this moment. Well, he's already been a big bad in the film. Yes, but now he's a little bad. I don't know. I think if they do make him a big bad, I think it would be more of the angle of Loki. And I love Loki, so it's okay. I'll accept that. Anyway, I think that wraps this episode up. Thank you for listening, everyone. As I said at the beginning, we've got a new mic set up, so we don't know how the post-processing of this is going to go. We'll find out after I've done it now. If you think it sounds too bad compared to the previous episodes, please let us know and we'll look to fix it. Otherwise, if you want to get in touch, you can get us on Instagram, on Twitter. Our handles will be posted below, as well as our email address. Yep, we shall see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Touché. But there has never been another Steve Rogers, has there? Uh.